and the older I've gotten, the more I've uh, understood. You know, you don't buy toys; you buy assets. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to take that money and make it pregnant and live off of its grandchildren, right? right. Every That's dollar right. bill. That's right. And so, um, well, that was good that I learned that I could work and buy things. Now, the older I've gotten, it's more like work, make money. Where do I invest this? Right? I love it. Um, not what do I buy, but what do I invest in? Because then, you know, then I'm, I'm making money off of that money. That's right. right? Um, and then that money that I make off of that money, take that money, invest it more. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I try and live off the... My goal is to get to the point where I'm living off the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the dollar bill I make today. Good afternoon, and welcome back to another season of the Same Business, Different Day podcast, season seven. The premiere episode here, I am your host, Zeke Corley, here at the Film Hub in Vista, California, on our new set. For those of you guys who are our audio-only listeners, um, I'd encourage you to try to get the whole whole picture here. Check out the YouTube, check out the Spotify video, but either way, you'll be able to get the great content that we like to put out no matter what. We're going to move to probably bi-weekly on these shows, but we have other shows that are going on in between. Stay tuned, stay in touch. We also want to send some love out to the other folks on the network, Odd Pairing, who kind of uh, helped motivate us to get into this set because uh, they needed a little bit more space and another vibe. And I said, you know what, why don't uh, I take a part of that as well? So we really appreciate them. Check out the Odd Pairing episode for adult beverage conversation and uh, some good culture and and, uh, and good talk. So uh, love out to those people. now. Um, we're so glad to have them on the network because they continue to bring great stories and innovation to podcasting, but we also are so happy for the same reasons to be here with our friend Will Bertner for the great stories and the innovation. So our guest today, he's special for so many reasons. Uh, the listeners to this show understand how we like to tell these success stories of each of our guests in business. Uh, what makes it so special is that no two stories are the same. And that's why I'm so happy to have Will as our guest for the premiere of season seven. He's not ashamed to say that his path was not the one most commonly traveled. We may even have some similarities to speak of. So I'm looking forward to it. Please welcome to the show my newest friend, Mr. Will Bertner. Well, thank you so much, Zeke. Thanks yeah, for having man. me, man. I really appreciate you having me on. That's no, for sure. man, I'm really happy to have you on, man. And yeah, you brought some wine, and we so we, <laughs> we we're so, but it's, you know it's a celebration. So why don't we pick up? We'll, yeah, man. Cheers to you, man. Mm. Now, and, and I say it's a celebration because really, what we're doing, man, we really like to talk about uh, you know great business people, but we like to talk about their path, how they got there. Right? It's not always the easiest path. Right? No, you know. definitely. Yeah, so uh, where were you born? Where were you, where'd you grow up? So I was born in San Jose, uh, California. There's a similarity, um, guys. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I've, I'm uh, not born there, but I'm from there. I, I went to high school there, middle yep, school and all yeah. that. So That's right. Yeah, so. Yeah, so my great-great-grandfather moved to that area. He fought the Civil War and mm-hmm. then uh, packed it up after the, the North won. Fought for the North. He fought for the okay. Wooded side. Okay, okay. And uh, uh, packed up the family and came out to um, the Los Gatos area eventually there in 1865. And, um, yeah, set up shop, basically. And yeah. that's, um, that's 
where the family kind of thrived after that. So okay, okay. Um, were there a lot of? Uh, so you have a lot of family members up there, a lot of cousins. We did, of... yeah. We had a lot of family in that area, um, mm-hmm. but everybody kind of spread out after that. You know, um, okay. You know, California got expensive. It right? is. Expensive. I mean, yeah, yeah. I Especially mean, it, Los it, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're Rose Garden area for the most part. My grandmother and grandfather bought a house, a brand new built house. Okay. In the 1920s, in mm-hmm. uh, the Rose Garden area. And uh, that's where they raised my father, and then he went off to the Navy and met my mother in Canada, and mm-hmm. uh, they ended up moving back to San Jose. And uh, yeah, 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 that's uh, and that's where I came from. So, you had any ideas of what you thought you wanted to be when you grew up? <sighs> Boy, uh, an athlete. You know, okay. I uh, um, growing up, I just I, I love sports. It was, mm-hmm. You know, I, I love playing basketball. I was a point guard of my basketball teams and um volleyball plays beach volleyball okay um, go over the hill to santa cruz and play uh mm. play some beach volleyball but mm-hmm. eventually i picked up golf um at uh about 14 years old okay and uh i just fell in love with it so i ended up uh becoming a scratch golfer by about the age of 16 or so yeah um and played for my schools and played for San Jose Country Club. They brought me on as a non-member mm-hmm. because uh, my family definitely, definitely couldn't uh, afford a membership there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but I was good enough where they invited me on, and we ended up winning a couple championships. And I played number one for them, and awesome. um, it was it was really fun. So I ended up eventually uh, turning professional with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because you said uh, I remembered uh, us discussing this before. Uh, you kind of just said golf uh, saved your life. It really did, you know, because um, growing up in uh, predominantly in East San Jose, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was the only white boy around, right? And mm-hmm. so um, uh, it was, you know, you started hanging out with the wrong people. And, sure. um, and you know, my golf coach eventually taught me this. You know, you hang out with 10 winners and you'll be the 11th. That's right. Hang out with 10 losers, you'll be the 11th. That's right. right? And I mean, it's so... Choose your 10 friends wisely, basically. Right, um, right. And at that time, obviously, I didn't know that. I was 9, 10, 11 years old, whatever. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of my friends were going down a pretty tough path, and, um, mm. and I was following right along. And uh, golf, when I, when, I, when I picked up golf at 14, um, I just fell in love with it. And it, it, I didn't want to do anything else but play right. golf. Yeah. And, uh, and it kind of pulled me away from, from a lot of the, the stuff that I was doing. You know, it's interesting, uh, you know, and I've, I've certainly hoped that, you know, we used to say, you know, you got nine broke friends, you're going to be the 10th one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and choosing friends and, and the way that I raise my kids, we talk a lot about uh, friends versus acquaintances, right? Mm-hmm. These are people that you know, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, once you get later and later on in life, you realize that, you know, you may only have a handful of friends even then. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, but what I think that's happening in those adolescent years, I'm just thinking as I'm talking to you, is uh, you're learning some some other special values there, mm-hmm. and one of them is loyalty. Mm-hmm. Because you think, oh, if, if that's my friend, then I yeah. gotta jump off the bridge with him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so yeah. you're kind of testing the loyalty thing, and then you find out later he wasn't loyal to you either, and he's yeah. not really your friend. No. But so you kind of got in a little trouble though, uh, being loyal to some guys that you. Well, and they were loyal to me too, honestly. Right, like, right, uh, right. Um, but unfortunately, we were loyal for the wrong reasons, right? It that, was to defend yeah. each other and mm-hmm. and uh, you know always looking for whatever trouble we could get into. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so I ended up, I got expelled from uh, the first high school I went to, wow. um, and uh, expelled from the whole school district. Right, because of a 
a big fight that we all got into. Wow. And, um, and uh, you know, that, that's, that's when golf came along. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just at that same kind of moment Good. that it was like, all right, I, it wasn't like a choice. Cause at that point I just kind of fell in love with the game and sure. started playing it. Sure. Um, but it kind of saved me from all that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd never even looked back, never thought about it after that. So I love it, man. I was able to um, kind of pick up the pieces and move on and, um, yeah. Well, I mean, that, you know, and that's, like I say, that's kind of the key to the story that we tell here is that, um, you know, not everybody had the smoothest path, right? And so yeah. to talk about, you know, being expelled from, a, you know, a whole school district, yeah. um, you know, that's got to be tough on the family. That's got to be tough on everybody trying to figure out, scramble to figure out, you know, where's he going to go to school next? He's not going to not go to school. We're not going to just leave him out of yeah, the street or something yeah. like Being that. Yeah, being 14 and looking for a school is not, uh, <laughs> is not easy. But it wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> no, definitely not. But, you know, I ended up, I went to nine different schools between kindergarten and 12th grade, right? Man, and that's so, such an amazing um, school. People say, oh, you military? I said, no, we're just poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we just yeah. moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we weren't like, it's not like we were dirt floor poor or sure. anything like that, but you know we we had to move around a lot. That's for sure. Did you so. uh, have some early jobs? Did you contribute? And uh, yeah, yeah, I started working with my dad. He um, he was an accountant, um, and uh, but then he started a janitorial business on the side, and he'd employ some of the uh, high school kids and whatnot. But I started working for him at uh, eleven years old, mm-hmm. um, cleaning toilets and. Dumping trash, okay. Vacuuming and waxing floors, and yeah. pulling dead rats out of the ceiling, and doing the whole deal, right? Yeah. Fifth grade, yeah. Uh, but you know, I got paid for it, and right. so I started to realize that it's where I kind of developed my work ethic. Was you know, you don't you don't just sit back and take things for free. You got to go out and get it, right? And so that's what I did. I wanted a boat. I remember I was uh tw- I was eleven, almost twelve years old, and I wanted a boat. Mm-hmm. I love boats, right? Okay. And uh, so I worked all summer, saved up my money, and bought my first boat. And um, yeah, so I was able to, to do Wait that. a minute. You bought your first boat when? When I was 11 years old. Yeah. What kind of boat is this? It's just a, a Tom little, Sawyer boat? It, yeah, pretty much. No, it was a, it was a 15-foot adventure with a 35-horsepower Evan Rood on the back of it. Wow. Um, didn't run very well, but okay. <laughs> it was mine. Mini boats, though. And it floated. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that's, that's an important <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I had that boat for a while, and then, um, yeah, it was, like I say, just um, kind of taught me, like, if you work for something, you can get what you want, right? Right. Um, now, that was a toy, and the older I've gotten, the more I've uh, understood, you know, you don't buy toys, you buy assets. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you take that money and make it pregnant and live off of its grandchildren, right? That's right. Every That's dollar right. bill. That's right. And so, um, well, that was good that I learned that I could work and buy things now the older i've gotten it's more like work make money where do i invest this right? I love it. um not what do i buy but what do i invest in because then you know then i'm, I'm making money off of that money that's right. right um and then that money that i make off of that money take that money invest it more right mm-hmm. that's why i say I try and live off the my goal is to get to the point where i'm living off the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the dollar bill i make today Damn, that's hey, that's um, a bar, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love the way you put that, man. Yeah. Um. So after uh, high school, you know what what happens to you after that? Do you uh, go on and just just stay in the workforce? Or? No, I, I went in the uh, junior college. Okay. Um, to play golf for San Jose City College. Mm-hmm. Played golf for them for a couple of years. Went to the state championships twice, and um, 
I came in fourth one year and I think fifth or sixth the next year, something like that. In Sounds the state. like City College right around that time. Well, I'm a little older than you. I think we're the same age. Really? Yeah. Um, but they had the all weather track. I ran track at Leland. Oh. And so San Jose City was the first to get it. It was blue. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was yeah. fast too, man. Yeah. You get on that track and it was like, man, this is nothing like running <laughs> on dirt. <laughs> well, the golf team, we didn't run on the track, so I wouldn't we, know about Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. No, that track was so fast. Was Otto it? Bolden went there. He was an Olympian. Oh, no way. Yeah, That's he's from Trinidad that. and Tobago. He yeah. went there and, and ran on that track, man. It hit some big records, actually. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. So a little San Jose history. Yeah, lots of San Jose. <laughs> Yeah, people don't know that was the first uh, capital of California. No. Right, it was San Jose. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah just for a year. But um, the people uh, that were running the state felt that it was too many shanties. And, and at that time, it, mm. was, it mm. was a little run down. Mm -hmm. So they moved it to the East Bay and then for a couple of years and then eventually moved to Sacramento. But yeah, yeah San Jose was the first uh, capital of the state. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the history. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, City College, you playing uh, golf, and uh, I got offered a couple scholarships from there, mm -hmm. um, and turned them all down and dropped out of school and, okay. and turned professional. Okay. And um, yeah, hated it. So you hated, hated <laughs> yeah. school or hated I the hated, professional golf? I hated school, and then I hated professional oh. golf. I was like, what am I going to do now? Right. Okay. Okay. So, what so did you do? I ended up. Uh, Working um, in a, at a bar in San Francisco, I was a bartender, and oh, I was working at night playing golf during the day. Yeah, yeah, and so um, yeah, that's why um, I kind of took that and realized, like, I guess this is going to be my deal moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put everything into it. Okay. Eventually, met my wife there um, okay. at that bar, and um, we got married. We're still married today. Uh -huh. um, was she at the bar doing karaoke? You told me she's a great no. Singer. She was traveling. Actually, she was she on just vacation. To show up and she and just came in and on your and, day uh, yeah and, and she never left mm -hmm. and so yeah i was living on a boat at that time really um yeah it was super fun man it was uh it was really cool <laughs> so we had a good time and and uh ended up getting married quit our jobs went to europe for three months for okay. our honeymoon okay and then uh moved to san diego yeah. that's when you moved to san diego <clears throat> yeah that's right okay so then when you get down to san diego what are you doing what kind of work you're doing that's when i dove in uh Full force. Um, so I was working at West Steakhouse in um, Carlsbad. I um, know West. I, well, they're, they're shut down now. Yeah, they're right? shut but down. Yeah, now, yeah, I remember West. Yeah. So you just got straight into the food and beverage industry. At that yeah, time. I was. You know, being from uh, San Francisco and working in a, a bar in San Francisco, I found it pretty easy to get a good job down here. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Yeah, I, I got a job at West and dove into the sommelier program. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was it. And then uh, now I'm a level two certified sommelier. And, yeah, um, that's do. that's amazing, man. Mm -hmm. We're gonna talk about that a little bit yeah. too. But let's let's just uh, celebrate the early life, man. Yes, yeah, we made it. We made it this far. <laughs> we made it to this chair. <laughs> We're here to interrupt your regular podcast listening and ask you to join us at Odd Pairing Podcast. Yes, it's Paige and I, and we are here every week now on Fridays. And we talk about adult beverages in the community, a little bit of the history of it, and we're just going on a nice little journey. And you can hear other people's drinking stories. So why wouldn't you want to listen? That's the best part. That is the best part. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is brought to you by YourInsurancePlace.com. 
Owning a business is hard work. You put your blood, sweat, and tears into it every single day. You need a partner who understands the ins and outs of insuring small to medium-sized businesses. For over 40 years, our California Property and Casualty Insurance Agency has insured businesses just like yours. We've seen it all and we've learned a thing or two about what it takes to keep your business protected. That's why we offer free policy assessments. We'll take a look at your policy and let you know if there are any gaps in your coverage. Let us help you to protect what you've worked so hard to build. Yourinsuranceplace.com. Oh, right. Mm. Um, Good juice. <laughs> that's right, man. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the reveal and throw this at you guys, man. You guys might know him as Will the Wine Guy on Fox 5. Uh, maybe you know him as your resident sommelier and general manager and president of Coomber Wines. But we know him as our man of leisure. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Please welcome again, Mr. Will Bertner. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, 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 man of leisure is right. That's right. That's right. Our mole. So uh, you brought a bottle. I brought a bottle. And so I want to tell. I'm going to taste yours now. As you talk about the sommelier, sommelier. How do you pronounce it? Sommelier. Sommelier yes. program. Um, level two. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. You know, there's four levels to um, the quartermaster sommeliers. Um, the problem is the divorce rate goes about 80% when you go from level two to level three. And I, and I like being married and, mm, and, uh, mm, okay. <laughs> and I love my wife and okay. I love uh, mm. the kids and I want to keep it that way. Mm. So once I got to level two, it, um, uh, it was good at that point. I was good. I was oh, certified sommelier. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of work getting there, mm -hmm. um, and you know, level one is more theory. So you're just kind of you go through a, a course for two or three days, and then you answer some questions on mm -hmm. the test, and and uh, and you get in. But level two, you actually have to blind taste. Mm -hmm. so there's three facets: blind taste, you have to know theory, um, but then also service. And so you have to you test it on all three of those. Wow! So, wow! Um, yeah, so you have to identify you know the wine based off of you know looking at it. Yeah. Um, smell it, tasting it, but then, um, but yeah, your, your theory gets a lot more in depth at that point as far as um, the testing goes. I see. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, you brought a California wine. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for sharing. Yeah. But um, so, are you still, you know, after going through the Smolier program, are you, you know, still into the California wines, or, or you know, you hear some folks where they get to a point and it's like. You know, I only drink Italy. I only drink France. Yeah, or... you know, and you kind of go through those phases. Okay. Um, the 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 longer you're in the business. Okay. Um, but the thing is, California, if it was own, its own country, would be the fourth largest producer of wine in the world. Oh right. Right, and every state in the country makes wine, mm -hmm. um, but California makes much more wine than all the rest of the states put together. Even Oregon and Washington, which make a lot of wine as well. Absolutely. And so, um, you know. California is really interesting because, you know, we have so many different microclimates and so many different areas, you know, kind of Napa and Sonoma, you know, you're, you're talking more Bordeaux style. So Bordeaux, the region in France. Right. Um, we're talking about um, that region is only allowed to um, make um, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot, uh, Malbec, and Cabernet Franc. Um, those are the red grapes that they're allowed to do there. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I say allowed, it's the French government controls a lot of the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, 
if you're going to put France on the bottle and you're going to put Bordeaux on the bottle, then it has to be made a certain way with certain grapes. Right. And that's why they, they bump quality up so much in wine. Um, mm. So Napa and Sonoma is kind of our Bordeaux, if you will, right? Because they do a lot of the Bordeaux uh, grapes there. No, when you say Bordeaux, you know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I only know what I know. Um, but I hear a lot of the GSM talk, right? Grenache, yeah. Syrah, Mavedra. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that kind of trying to copy that blend? No, or? so uh, that's from the Southern Rhone Valley. Oh, that's so, Rhone. Okay. So if you look at regions in mm -hmm. France, your regions look at it like a state or you know, however you want to do it. Sure. Bordeaux is one region, and that's in the southwestern part of the, um, the country. Yeah. Burgundy uh, is going to be further north, mm -hmm. right? A little cooler climate. Yeah. That's where your red Burgundy is Pinot Noir. White yeah. Burgundy is Chardonnay. Okay. Right? And that's it. That's all they do okay. for the most part. Uh -huh. um, and then so Rhone Valley is another one, mm -hmm. right? So that's a different region. So in the Rhone Valley, northern Rhone, they pretty much just do Syrah for their red and Viognier for their white. Yeah. But the southern Rhone Valley does somewhere around 20 varieties at this point. And that's where your Grenache, Syrah, Mavedre, GSMs, okay. they come from that area. Might have had Chateau du Pop. Yeah. CDPs, um, that sort of thing. So those are a lot of those are Grenache, Syrah, Mavedre, yeah. and then um, people, other places around the world have tried to emulate um, the Rhone Valley. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, you know, from what I understand, <clears throat> um, for some of the guests that we've had on here, like Mermaid Valley Vineyards, you mm -hmm. know, they they're in an area where the climate is similar to the Rome Valley. Sure. So then that's why they grow that grape. Yeah, so it you know, makes Ro sense. Robert Haas was the guy who actually brought all those grapes over. He was working with the Beaucastel um, family winery. Mm -hmm. um, and he was part of what they called the Rhone Rangers, right? Okay. Um, Randall Graham and, and uh, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but you got about five or, five or six guys yeah. that did that. But um, Robert Haas was the one that brought it over um, because – that family wanted to have a winery in California, mm -hmm. but nobody was doing Syrah at that point. This is 1950s and 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And so in order to bring it over, they had to quarantine the grapes and make sure they weren't bringing any diseases over and all that stuff. And yeah. so um, any Syrah or anything you have that's Syrah, Grenache, Mavedra, Viognier, any of that stuff that comes from California is because of Robert Haas. Yeah. And uh, you might have heard of his winery, Tablas Creek. Yeah. So Tablas Creek is his winery that's a 50, that was a 50-50 partnership with the Beaucastel family and so they brought those grapes over and planted them there so pretty much everything you have in california the syrah grenache, grenache mavedre viognier that sort of thing mm -hmm. uh comes from that stock right they came it. out of there and so it. um yeah they had their choice of anywhere in the state they had plenty of money they could have bought napa sonoma anywhere yeah and they chose uh paso right, okay the, um for for those grape varieties like you say because mm -hmm. they found those conditions to be ideal yeah, I love what it. They did. Yeah, and then eventually, you know, just a few years ago, number one wine in the world, as according to a wine spectator, came from that area. So, I mean, it's a... Uh, from uh, what area? Uh, from Paso. From Paso, And okay. it was a Syrah, it was a, a Rhone Varieties. Okay. Um, from right next to there, uh, next Paso. to Tablas Creek. I it's love Tablas Creek. It's a great too. place to visit, too. Paso. If you ever get a chance, go to Tablas Creek. I mean, wonderful people. Never family. been there. I've had the bottle, but I've never actually oh, been to their there, location. Yeah. J Jason Haas is his son that's taken over. Robert has since passed. Mm -hmm. um, and his son took over Jason. And Jason is a wonderful human being okay. that uh, um, runs a great, great um, winery there. So okay. if you ever go there, that's kind of like the 
They're kind the of the one. founders, if you will, of that area. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so you got to go in the beautiful winery. Yeah. Love it. Okay, I'm all over it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and we don't have to get stuck in wine. Uh, I, you know, I did want to talk a little bit more about food and beverage, and, mm -hmm. and any thoughts that you have on how it's changed over the years since you were, you know, working in the industry. Well, you know, early ba on. back in the '80s and '90s, it was a profitable, profitable business. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, you're talking about single digit profit. Yeah, if the margins well. are just so slim. The margins are very slim. A lot of competition. Food prices have raised so much, and um, you know, it's just different. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, and then coming from San Francisco and coming down to San Diego, the food scene's very different. Up mm -hmm. in San Francisco, it was much more evolved. Yeah. Right. Um, and so coming down to San Diego, you know, great fish tacos and yeah. great kind of casual food. Yeah. But as far as the high end food, it was, it, you know, it just wasn't there. I mean, not to be demeaning to San Diego and the restaurateurs here. Yeah. But when you spend, Anytime in San Francisco, you, you you see the difference, right? I mean, like it's it's pretty amazing how good the food scene is. Right. But the beauty to it is, the last five or ten years, San Diego's really caught up, right? Um, you know, we moved here in '06, so that was sixteen, almost seventeen years ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the food scene now is very different than it was. Yeah, um, I bet in that in that amount of time. So it's been kind of fun watching it evolve. Yeah, I guess I was down here. I started down here in two thousand, in the ninety nine two thousand. Then I moved straight to Carlsbad, mm -hmm. and food scene was, you know, it was good. It was decent. I mean, but then when I eventually moved down to San Diego, La Jolla in San Diego, you know, uh, in the, especially, like you said, in the past 15 years or so, mm -hmm. just great food. So anytime I'm down there, I'm just listing off restaurants. I'm going to bring some food back with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm up in Vista now, but... Uh, we could still find good food nearby. But. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, in Vista, Vista is such a beautiful place. We've lived in Vista for, oh, geez, how long has it been now? Uh, 10, 13 years now? Mm -hmm. Nine, yeah, about 13, almost 14 years we've lived here. And uh, I love Vista. Good. Vista is, you know, people, it's so funny. I see people from Vista a lot of the time, especially, um, you know, that are close to borders and they'll say, oh, I'm from Carlsbad. Carlsbad from Vista, you live right next to me, right? Like, and and, and I, there was this bad uh, kind of reputation I think Vista had had for a long time. Yeah, and I think the Vista is getting over that at this point. Yeah, um, and and that's because a lot of the leadership that's that right. uh, that's happening here with. Well, you're a big part of it. I mean, you're oh, on geez. the you're on the board with the Chamber of Commerce. You, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you you're, you're, as well. Yeah, I am as well. <laughs> but um, I, I think you know we are making a mark, and and uh, I think that we are moving forward, and it's some really good changes. I love where Vista's headed. We're, you know, what it is is that we're holding our 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 local city officials accountable. Sure. Um, and I love that, and mm -hmm. they love that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you know people are paying attention to what they're doing. That's one thing I ask people. One of the things I ask of of the people I know. Mm -hmm. Please know who your city council member is, who represents you. Right. Because they're the ones who get your street paved. They're mm -hmm. the ones who talk about trash routes. They're the ones who talk about your day-to-day -day life. Uh-huh. Voting for the president is one thing. Sure. Right? That's not really not going to have much effect. Impact. Right. I mean, like right. It, it, it will. Don't get me wrong. You should always vote. But mm -hmm. um you not if you only vote for local, one right. thing, you vote for your city council member. Yeah. Because they're the one who literally is in charge of your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And um and, and stay in contact with them. Ask them questions. Why is this happening? What's going on there? You know what's really interesting is that um, they actually come around and ask 
tell me what yeah. we need. Tell me what we can be changing. And a lot of folks don't respond to those calls. Yeah. And if you respond to those calls, then you're doing the same thing. You don't necessarily have to reach out and find them. But yeah. if they ask you what, what you need help with. Well, and quit complaining about things and you haven't done anything. <laughs> you don't even know your city council member is, but you're you know upset about mm -hmm. whatever's going on in sure. your neighborhood. It's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just going to sit around and complain right. and do something about yeah. it, right? Like, and the, the thing you can do about it is get to know who your council member mm -hmm. is, get their email address, mm -hmm. email them, right? Hey, what's going on with this? They you will know. respond. Right, right. <laughs> and so, but, you know, still back to the point, though, I really like that you're involved in, you know, with mm -hmm. the chamber and, um, you know, any other organizations or volunteering that you're doing. I mean, because there's one thing to say, and we've we've preached this for years on the show, that you know, folks should join their businesses should join the Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. right? But it's yeah. another thing also to volunteer and be a board on the board. So we appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, you don't realize how much impact it has until until you sit on a board like that. Though, yeah. Right? You know, you think, oh, you join the chamber, they just want my money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They just want the business's money. Yeah. Man, there's so much more outreach. That's like, right. It's, it's really cool. That's right. So uh, I know we got a second location we're working on here, but tell me about Coomber Wines a little. Coomber bit. Wines, yeah, we uh, uh, Skip Coomber brought me on board about five years ago now, um, and uh, he had a location that he was signed on to in South Oceanside, and and uh, I went and took a look at it and told him, look, he brought me on as a consultant, mm -hmm. so to build it out and do everything. I took a look at it and just said you're going to lose a lot of money if you do this. And he said, what are you talking about? And I always do projections, mm -hmm. you know? And I said, here it is on paper. Here's a three-year projection. You're going to lose at least a half million dollars. And, you know, who knows what else? Wow. Right? And uh, he said, wow. And I wasn't doing myself any favors because you, you I, I get paid you to build this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I yeah. couldn't in good faith mm -hmm. tell him it was going to be good because it wasn't. There was no foot traffic. There was no parking lot. Yeah. So no foot traffic means your destination spot. Mm-hmm. Your destination spot, you better have a parking lot, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And there's none of that. Yeah. And so um, he got out of it, and we found a spot there in Oceanside that had foot traffic and a parking lot. Yeah. Um, Love the location, man. Yeah, it's good. And then, you know, you know, running a tasting room, running um, a wine club, and then also doing live events. I mean, that's gotta, kind of got to be a lot of work. It, it, you know, it's a good amount of work. I've got, I mean, I've got a tremendous uh, assistant general manager that helps me with a lot of, yeah, a lot of things, staff, right? Man. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she, she, she takes a lot of the brunt of that. So um, she's doing the event planning also? Yeah, she, yeah, she so does a lot of stuff. something about a dog adoption night? Like oh, we do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, dog adoption. Night. Well, we do live music seven nights a week, right? Awesome. So I book all the music. Okay. Um, and then, um, you know, we do weddings there. We do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like anything that people want to do. Oh, you find the time, uh, man. You're volunteering. You got this going on. You're opening a second location over here. <laughs> I don't what sleep do you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I did like that you were talking about earlier, man, is um, that you actually are working during the hours where you guys aren't actually even yeah. open. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, take that to our, I mean, ex explain to folks who might be running an organization or something like that, how to work and not actually have to be involved, you know, in the middle of the day to day. You, you, you've got to be able to delegate and trust, right? And mm -hmm. so the thing is, is, if you set your systems up proper, anybody should be able to, to work there and take right. care of it. Mm -hmm. So you can take vacations, but you can also be out doing other things, promoting more business to come in and um, fundraising and doing all kinds of things, sitting on chambers and, and doing all that stuff, right? Um, so 
you know, I generally start my work day at about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. knock out a bunch of things uh, early. And then uh, at that point, um, take my kids to school. Um, and once I drop them off, then um, I'm out doing various things. I might be stopping at the tasting room to check in, see what's going on. Uh, could be going to, you know, a chamber meeting, could be going to a school function, whatever it might be. And so I try and knock things out early, yeah. um, all the important stuff, yeah. so that the rest of the day I can kind of cruise and, and uh, take things as they come. I like I'm that. not playing uh, um, come from behind there, you know, right. come three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And then I get to have dinner with the family, right? I mean, I and food that. and beverage to, to have dinner with your family on a regular basis is, um, that is gold. Yeah, you're um, winning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you either open a... A breakfast and lunch spot to have dinner with them <laughs> or, or you or you run it proper so right yeah, yeah i love cool. it man that's 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 actually pretty amazing so i guess then uh, when i texted you at six in the morning i didn't wake you up oh no, no i'm already <laughs> i'm already two hours into my day at that point <laughs> i love it those who know me in business know that i put a lot of effort in connecting people that i believe should meet one of the best ways to grow your business is networking but some business have the toughest time doing it. Our new show, Network One on One, puts two people who may or may not have met across the table from one another. Here's the thing though, I will be hosting from another room. I'll be throwing prompts on the screen, allowing our guests to get to know each other. By the end, we hope to have made a connection. Subscribe to the newest podcast on a different day radio, Network One on One. Find us on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Don't forget to leave a comment. Network one-on-one. -on -one. The Film Hub is the future of co-working in downtown Vista. Get energized in an inspiring work environment that is built for your success. With multiple membership options for workspace and private offices, you can become a part of our co-working community. The Film Hub makes it easier to produce the professional content your business needs. From video production, live streams, photo shoots, or in-person events, you can create all this and more in our audio and video facilities. Love your work and where you accomplish it. The Film Hub. Okay, so we've got we've talked boats, yeah. We've talked wine, uh, we've talked you know eating great food, uh, maybe even a little traveling. You went out to Europe and all of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. what what are these other leisure activities that a man of leisure is a into? man of leisure? Yeah, that's right. It's I had a buddy who used to call me that. He's like, you live on a boat, mm -hmm. you play professional golf, you're a sommelier, mm -hmm. you smoke cigars, mm -hmm. you uh, you know you do all these. He's like, you're a man of leisure. That's I right. Said, I am a man of leisure. You're that's right. right. And so people think that leisure means you just sit around and sleep all day. Um, that's not what leisure is. Leisure is activities that you do when you're not working. Mm. Right. And so I love all those other activities that I get to do and I get to promote them and, mm. and go on TV and talk about wine and, and uh, come on awesome podcasts like this right and, on, right on. and do the same sort of thing. And so, yeah. um, yeah, that's a, so they, they started calling me that. And so that's kind of stuck a little bit, right. The man of leisure. So, so it's a mole, right? It, yeah. uh, release your inner mole, your, your inner <laughs> man of leisure, you know? Um, and so, yeah, if you want to talk boats, we'll talk boats.
You want to sail? We can go sailing. I lived on a sailboat. Wow. You want to? I've got a powerboat. We can go pff, cruise out the Catalina. You know, yeah. we could do all kinds of stuff. Um, get out there, play some golf, mm-hmm. do some hiking. Yeah. Uh, maybe go fishing, do all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, and come back, and then get back after the uh, the workday, right? Yeah. So you know, you got to take advantage of those leisure activities, um, and get to know them. Like, have fun with them. Don't yeah. don't just do them. Do them well. Right. <laughs> I, I, I love cooking fish, man. Where's the best place you you've uh, caught fish? Oh. Uh, well, I used to love catching salmon mm-hmm. in uh, um, outside the Golden Gate there, the Farallon Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you know, you're just floating over the top of all these great white sharks. <laughs> but <laughs> it's catching salmon. That was at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing that. You mm-hmm. know, ten, eleven years old. Um, man, so many, so many different things. Uh, I mean, obviously San Diego. We're the sport fishing capital. Yeah, maybe of the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of yellowtail here, though. Yellowtail. Uh, yeah. Anything. I mean, there's so many fish, and it's year round here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little slower, obviously, in the winter, but you're still out there catching bass and, right. um, you know, kelp bass and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's just so many fish. The bluefin have been running a lot lately, and I didn't realize this, but it wasn't until about 15 or 20 years ago that they really started coming back. There was a big lull for a long time. Okay. You had to go chase bluefin like in Mexico or whatever. Yeah. And they've made their way back. Um, and so it's really neat now because you can just go there's sometimes you just go five or ten miles offshore and bam you're into these cows right these 300 pound wow uh bluefin yeah and so fishing's always fun you know catching's better uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. fishing's one thing yeah. catching's another right? my last time fishing was in my teens and i don't think i caught any then either. yeah that's right that's fishing that's like catching so <laughs> that's okay i've been fishing plenty right? i'm a better fisherman than i am a catcher man <laughs> i love it man so the man of leisure the mole man I mean, so it, we got it we're gonna do a podcast with the man of leisure right i, I would love to do that yeah i think that's me? something yeah. that has to happen i'm yeah. looking forward to it we man. can cover all kinds of subjects yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. i definitely know how to leisure that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> you might as well be able to teach more people how to do it as yeah, well yeah you, yeah i mean if you're gonna do it do it right that's right, right. i mean do it well that's, right. that's so, right i mean think about it man this is what this is all about same business different day it's the yeah. balance of business and pleasure that's right you know what i'm saying and so yeah. uh that's what that's what the celebration is here for right you know yeah. we're businessmen mm-hmm. of course uh, and it might look like we're just hanging out and kicking it, but we've done business, we've talked business, and we'll continue to talk business. But we have to celebrate. We have to slow down every once in a while and uh, yeah, you know, you, know, you smell watch our flowers. you watch a good runner, you're a track guy. You watch mm-hmm. a good marathon runner, they don't look like they're working very hard, right? But they're running, right? Right. right. And that's like all it. I'm doing is I'm like just it. I'm just running a marathon. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty good at this marathon that I'm running. I love right? it. Man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Also, the man of leisure is the king of metaphors, guys. It's just, <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> the pregnant money earlier. I'm yeah, still working on that. Right, that's right. That's right. I'm living off the grandbabies. The that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> I'm not worried about any of that, that stuff. I don't want any government handouts. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my money, have babies and grandbabies and great grandbabies, and live off of that. Off of that. Yeah. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so one last thing, though. Uh, you know, we talked about the Fox Five thing, and, yeah. and obviously you're comfortable on camera here. How, mm-hmm. how long did it take you to feel comfortable? And and uh, is that something that you'd always wanted about to do? About ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, you were into it. Huh? <laughs> I loved it. I, you know, playing golf. When you play golf in front of a gallery, mm. you either love it or you hate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, because everybody's looking at you. It's not like when I play basketball. You mm-hmm. know, you had a team. Everybody's watching the whole team. The only time they looked at you is when you're shooting free throws, right? right. Um. And uh, with golf, it's different because mm-hmm. when you have a gallery of 50 or 100 people that are watching you play, 
when you go to hit your shot, the other players, the whole gallery, mm-hmm. everybody's looking at you do your thing. And That's so, right. um, like I say, you either love it or you hate it. And, uh, and I love that. I love that feeling. I love those jitters. Um, I okay. learned really early on the difference between nervous and excited is preparation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're prepared for that opportunity, then you're excited. Right. But if you're not, then you're nervous. But the feeling is exactly the same. Awesome. And so being able to differentiate those two uh, things, you know, nervous and excited, mm-hmm. gets me ready. So when I went on, on camera and you go on live TV, a lot of people say, oh, how do you do that? Right. I say, well, because I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about it. <clears throat> Even though it feels like I'm nervous, mm-hmm. that same feeling is just excitement if, if I'm ready for it. So, I love it. I love, so I love it. just, you know, get prepared mm-hmm. to do whatever I'm going to do and. No, I, I had no problem ever with it. It was a, uh, it's always been fun for me. You're yeah. natural, man. Yeah, they say it's the biggest fear of anybody's public speaking, right? Mm. More than death. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see it that way. I, mm. I, I what better way to feel alive mm. than if you feel those nerves going through you and that that excitement, the shakes, and the yeah. whole deal? Like then you know you're alive, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah, that's I well, like it to helps to you know have that voice in that face, man. You, you just, oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You, you, what a beauty! You could be up there. Working, <laughs> I think they're gonna throw tomatoes at me. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, okay, guys, we're gonna throw a couple of business lessons back at you because this is uh, some of the things that we picked up in the conversation today. Um, you don't just sit back and wait for it to come to you. You got to work hard to get it. Work, make money. And invest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buy right. assets. Don't buy liabilities. Buy assets, not yeah. liabilities. That's right. You Break know, we all down. have to have a car. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, uh, E forty said it best, right? Mm-hmm. Don't go buying a hundred thousand dollar car before you buy a house. house. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I love it, man. Thank yeah. you for throwing that one up there. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> a little E forty. That's it. That's it. That's it. Welcome <laughs> to the bay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, we got another business lesson. If you set your systems up properly, anyone should be able to come in and take care of it. Delegate. Delegate and trust. Yeah, you got to be able to delegate. If you the 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 sign of a true leader mm-hmm. is somebody who can delegate and trust. That's right. Right? And 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 don't worry so much about it. I and mean, we all worry a little bit about things that we love, right? Mm-hmm. Especially our business or whatever. Yeah. But if you can't delegate it out, then you're not doing it right. You killed it, man. That's all there is. You killed it, man. <laughs> How can people get in touch with you? Oh, geez, man. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Will the Wine Guy. Will the right? Wine Guy. I, gotta, I have to create a mole account, right? Will <laughs> the Mole. Right. Will the Mole. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Man of Leisure. The Man of Leisure. <laughs> And yeah. uh, how about, uh, oh, well, obviously, you got to go check out Coomber Wines, right? Yes. Uh, tell them the location. Yeah, it's 611 Mission Avenue, uh, Oceanside. It's just two blocks off the five. You can yeah. get there so easy. Four mm-hmm. blocks from the train station if you're mm-hmm. downtown San Diego mm-hmm. or Orange County or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Take the train. Yeah. You know, it drops off right there four blocks away. All trains stop in Oceanside. Amtrak, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously, the Surfliner and... Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice walk coaster. around too. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, they've done such a good job in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot cleaner, a lot more safe than I think uh, some people realize. I had a buddy who met me down there today, and he went, "Man, I haven't been to Oceanside in a couple of years. This is amazing down here." And I said, "Right, right, right. yeah, it's right. gorgeous." It's and Vista, this is it was right there as well. well you you know? got a lot going on, man. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Okay, so um, thank you guys for tuning in again. 
You see the new set. You see where we're headed. Same business, different day. Want you to check out all the shows. Subscribe. We've got a lot of shows on the network at a different day radio. Uh, at Same Biz Pod, S A M E B I Z P O D. Check out the new show that we have, Network One on One, where I actually put people in the studio that I think should meet, and they will figure out how they can do business together. So I host it from outside of the studio. It's a great show. I'm really excited about it. Check out all the shows. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that you get your podcast. Checking out this studio, you might want to get it on the video podcast, but we really thank you to all our listeners, all of our supporters, and uh, appreciate you. Same business, different day.